Hello again, Tom Walker, MassAC Unit 1. Today is Thursday, September 24th, 2020, and we are recording episode 20, so I kind of feel like this is a milestone uh, of our <laughs> district podcast, um, and we uh, just want to talk about a couple things today um, in regards to a draft plan we have of uh, return uh, to school, um, you know, kind of uh, return to normal school, if you will, but again, just kind of the draft plan and then a survey that's also been created. Um, so those are the two main topics today. We may touch on a couple of other things. Um, but before I go any further, once again, I'm joined by our superintendent, Jason Hayes. Thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, we, we've been doing these podcasts after the uh, board meetings, and we had, uh, I've talked to a couple of parents that asked if we could do a little bit more, especially given the uh, COVID and all the relevant changes that keep kind of popping up from time to time. So I think we'll try to do this at least a couple times a month moving forward to, to help maybe alleviate that. I can't imagine somebody would want to listen to this more than once a month. But well, I think we've said that before. We'll try to do this more often. <laughs> yeah. So, so we really will. We're looking maybe once every couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe every two weeks we'll up our timeline on this. We have a board meeting Monday night, so we're trying to get out ahead of this a little bit, and we're going to ask for some parent feedback on some of the topics. Um, one in particular is trying to figure out uh, a transition framework or plan, if you will, of to a normal uh, return to normal school or the normal school setting. So we had our first checkpoint, uh, and I believe we uh, we did, I did a coffee break after our first checkpoint. I don't think we had time to do the co- the uh, podcast that time, but the first checkpoint was September 4th, the Friday before Labor Day. Yeah, the last one of these we did was uh, August 28th. So. Right, So, and that was right after the board meeting, if, I, if memory serves. So uh, we have been doing some coffee breaks with uh, Kim Comer at WMOK, so you can uh, you can catch up on some of the stuff there as well if uh, the podcasts are a little lacking. But um, uh, after our first checkpoint, the transition team, we met uh, remotely, <laughs> of course, and uh, we uh, looked at uh, everything that was going on, the data, the relevant data as far as positivity rates, uh, overall cases, and um, at the time when we met, we felt like we needed a plan uh, to try to get us, you know, taking steps towards normal school. We felt like uh, that we were able to pull off a return to school plan that we're, we're using right now, which is a blended learning plan. It's not working for all the students. Uh, we know that. It's not working for all parents. Uh, we were aware of that going into it. So uh, we feel like our, our obligation here is to try to expand this uh, now that we, we've had this blended learning plan, what is this, our sixth week of school, I think, number six? Yes. Is that right? So we for six weeks, we have been able to pull this off without any major shutdowns or outbreaks, uh, which is good. Uh, now, the learning side of it is not as good. We realize that. It's definitely uh, hindered student learning uh, on several different levels, uh, the remote learning, the partial in-person, etc. So uh, since we felt like we've been able to pull this off without any major sh- shutdowns or without any really huge health concerns, we've had a couple of positive cases here and there, uh, and we, you know, we are concerned about that, but it hasn't been um, just a, an overall shutdown. So uh, the team wanted to come up with the framework uh, to try to get us step-by-step you know, taking maybe even baby steps back to a normal school setting. Uh, the problem with some of this is this draft plan is, is going to eliminate some of the safety precautions that we've built into the original plan. Um, so 
you know, we have to take this with a grain of salt. If we're able to move forward with this plan, um, and that's the that's what we're going to seek some feedback on in the survey that we share with you along with this podcast. Um, if we move forward with this plan, everyone needs to know up front that there will probably be uh, more likelihood of a grade level classroom or possibly even school shutdown uh, if positive cases occur because uh, the initial transition phase is going to eliminate uh, some of our social distancing potential. So I want to be very clear about that and up front. Uh, I don't think it's going to put anyone's safety or health uh, at risk any uh, in, at any significant level. I think it's going to pose more of a of um, basically uh, it's going to create more of a hindrance on the the uh, contact tracing uh, when these things come up. So far, as we've had uh, positive cases, we haven't had to shut anything down majorly because of our social distancing efforts and because everyone is taking this so serious. Uh, if we aren't able to social distance as much, then that will change some of that contact tracing. Does that make sense? Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what you know we discussed, uh, you know, kind of leading into this podcast, um, and and what uh, Mr. Hayes is referring to. Um, and it really goes to the fact that there would just be more more students um, in school at one time than there are now, and that's that's kind of where the it would be harder to do the social distancing just based on the the number of of, of persons in the building. Right. Um, but a lot of the other protocols that we have in place, uh, particularly the student uh, for staff and student daily health screenings, they're going to remain the same. Um, we obviously obviously are still doing our face coverings, uh, masks, and the like. Our hygiene is still uh, a high priority. Um, you know, when I say that, talking about washing hands and, and being mindful of, of how you sneeze and those sorts of things. Um, again, no visitor policy remains in effect. So those things that we've, we've done um, and, and our cleaning protocols you know, being the same and uh, maintained at a high level, those things won't change. So that's just certainly something to, to keep in mind. We're going to do everything we possibly can, but we need to try to get more of a, a normal you know routine if you will have have everyone back together as best we can hmm. um you know instead of right now we have this you know split hmm. so when i think uh, you know what what we basically everyone agrees is we we pulled this blended learning kind of uh, schedule off and it, it, it is it's not working but it, we're, we're actually able to run it so we know that so now I think uh, you know we owe we owe our parents to try to do a little bit more uh, because it is the education component is important and so we're trying to push forward a little bit with this transition phase and and again this plan uh, which we will share with you along with the uh, feedback form for student or for parent feedback this plan is really um, a step by step kind of phase uh, plan where we'll have checkpoints to kind of uh, gauge how it's going. So I, I think uh, we've been very clear on this, but there really, there really aren't any set metrics or data points that we can use. That, that there's nothing out there that says, okay, when it gets to here, that's when you can go back to full in-person learning. Or uh, when this number gets to whatever, you can do this. There, there, we don't have any really set benchmarks or lines in the sand like that. So what we're talking about doing is possibly trying this phase one, this first phase of the transition plan, and then reevaluating it and seeing how it's going. How many uh, positive cases do we have? How many shutdowns have we had to do? You know, uh, our, our, we have three goals that we had going into this is 
You know, goal number one is keep our students and staff as safe as possible at all times, and that includes parents too. When we say students, because they're they're potentially going home uh, to our their parents and homes, and then also we want to create the best learning environment possible under the present circumstances. So basically, what we're talking about doing is is seeing if we can push the envelope here a little bit and get get a few more kids in our buildings. Not we won't be a hundred percent capacity, but try to expand that uh, to every student that's doing in person doing it together rather than every other day and then uh, kind of evaluating uh, how it's going and see see what happens because I think if we're still very careful and with our face coverings and and we social distance as much as possible uh, and we still watch you know bringing different things into the buildings and 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 watch how the exposure is handled or potential exposure is minimized I think we can still do this without any major shutdowns maybe yeah and so really the 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 two main takeaways on that are that the remote learning is still going to be there as an option Um, that's not going away but to uh, make sure that we are um, basically combining those groups that we have set aside now we have a group a and a group b and that's that's really the the main thing so remote learning as an option is not going away uh, we don't want to, you know, scare anyone with that, um, but we do want to uh, uh, kind of, you know, drive home the point that, that we're just really looking at trying to combine these groups and get yeah. them in school at the same time and for more time. I think that we can increase our consistency, uh, we can increase student learning and uh, increase our teachers' uh, potential because they're they're kind of going, being pulled in different directions. I think it'll help uh, parents as well. Um, so we can eliminate some of the remote learning um, for a portion of our students. And, and I think we've also realized that remote learning, it sounds good. And we've provided, uh, with your help in the technology department, Tom, we've provided uh, Chromebooks for all of our students, K through 12 now. Uh, and we've handed out how many hotspots uh, to loan out? We've um, uh, handed out right around 200 hotspots now. And we do have uh, some more coming in. So we, even with all that, and that sounds great, uh, what we have to realize is remote learning does not work for certain people. It doesn't work for certain students. If I was in high school right now today, it would not work for me. I know that because that's just who I was when I was in high school. So I think what we need to do is really reevaluate this and try to try to weigh the um, the health concerns versus the educational concerns. And I think they're equally important. Uh, the health concerns obviously outweigh the educational concerns to a certain extent because you're dealing with life and death potentially of an and you know health versus sickness or illness. But at the same time, I think we we got to weigh that and see. I mean, if we're having, if you know, for example, and we're reaching out to parents, but if you know remote learning is not working for your child, uh, we really need to see about uh, doing something different because uh, the further we go, the further this. Uh, the, you know, this gap, um, this learning gap widens, and, and it's just harder to recover. I mean, kids are great about rebounding, uh, much better than adults. But uh, after you go so long, it becomes uh, quite a, a, a difficult task to recover all those skills and deficits. So I think uh, we're going to try this out. Uh, we're going to go before the board. The board has to approve this, obviously. Uh, this is one option we can change this uh, you know we might add some things to this uh, you know maybe make some amendments to it but the idea is that we're just going to transition slowly back t- towards a normal school and then we'll see uh, we'll see how far we get we'll see what happens 
uh, with a little luck, um, maybe we'll we'll continue to phase two uh, before too long, and and hopefully be a little bit ahead of the curve um, uh, with uh, returning to normal school then, because I don't think it's it's feasible to just. That's what we talked about in the transition team. It's not really feasible to go from what we're doing now just to, bam, back in school, everybody's back to normal. So this will, I think, help us transition towards that. And I think one of the things we talked about um, was making sure that the uh, parents um, had two weeks' notice, basically, Mm -hmm. that we would do something like this. So, again, this this is something that has to go with board approval. Um, This isn't anything that's uh, set in stone. Uh, Things may change. But we do want to return to normal, and um, this is uh, our first kind of step at doing that. Right. So. And, and a parent pointed out to me earlier that on a transition team, we have a lot of staff members. We even have board members. We have different stakeholders. We don't have parents on that on that actual transition team, which is a good point. But we are soliciting parent feedback in other ways. Uh, the first return to school plan, the initial one that we drafted in July um, for August, uh, we surveyed uh, parents, and I think we had about 78% uh, are what we calculated to be about 78% of our parents returned that survey. It was an online survey through Google Forms, and that's what we've created today. So along with this podcast and along with this draft transition to normal school plan, we will have a survey that's included that we would really like uh, parents to fill out. It's not a long survey. We tried to keep it very short and very specific because we're interested in a few items, particularly uh, on the survey. We're interested in your biggest concern right now as a parent in MassAc Unit 1 uh, regarding school. What's your biggest concern? Is it still exposure to COVID-19 and possibly uh, catching COVID-19? Is that still your number one concern? Uh, because it was for some, uh, for a lot of parents actually, uh, when we first did the survey. Or is it the lack of in-person learning and uh, in, in slash remote learning? Is that your biggest, does that now outweigh your concerns for COVID? Because I think we're hearing from a lot of parents that, yes, I think I'm more concerned about my, my child's education than I am with them catching COVID. So these are the things we're trying to, um, to gather from, from parents. And, and then also, you know, if, we, if you look at this plan and read through phase one, and again, this is a draft. It's not final. This is not the, what's going to be set in stone. But if you look at this, uh, as it is now, would you be willing to send your child to school in person for, uh, I think phase one is four days a week, uh, you know, the first step. Uh, we want to know if you would or not, because that's going to impact, you know, our ability to move forward. And if you, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, what's the number one reason? You know, is it because of uh, exposure to COVID and healthcare concerns? Or is it because it's hard uh, due to scheduling childcare uh, other logistical concerns uh, such as these. So we're, we've got this short survey. It's not real open-ended. There is an open-ended question at the end, but we're really trying to get some specific information from our parents. And we're going to use that just as we did for the original return to school plan. And we're going to try to do something. Obviously, we can't uh, we can't address every parent's concern, and we're not going to make everyone happy. Uh, with this, but we're going to try to create a plan that at least uh, uses the majority of our parents' concerns uh, and uh, their feedback and and try to make sure that that's included in what we do next. And and if enough parents return it and say, no, this is a bad idea, leave it the same, then obviously um, we'll go that route as well too. Uh, So that's why we're uh, soliciting this feedback now. And I'd 
really like it if we could help if you would help us get the word out because parents uh, network with each other uh, quite well uh, especially when you have kids in the same class or the same grade level that play on the same ball teams or used to before covid um, you know if you guys can help get the word out the more parents we have responding to this the the more informed we'll be and the more accurate our data will be so that we can make a better more informed decision moving forward and i'm going to use this information to report to the board so the board will have that and and they'll be able to make an informed decision uh, because sometimes we all hear from a few people and it's not necessarily the majority um, and so i think it's important to gather um, you know accurate data from the majority of our parents so that's what we're asking for in this form and essentially we're going to send this out tom we'll do an uh, all-in-one type message is that what you're envisioning yeah, here yeah, we'll put it all together so we'll try to get be too uh you know uh, too much information in this but we'll have the link to this podcast and then we'll throw uh, the link for the draft plan and then the link for that form and then we'll just kind of keep it at that so and if anybody can help us get the word out of the form we'll post it obviously on facebook and um on our website and i think that generally posts on over to twitter and uh yeah and so we'll, we'll have it out there in several different ways but again uh, this is not a perfect plan and uh it's probably not a good plan it's just the best plan that we have available at the moment and uh, the idea is that we want to try to do something a little bit more than we're doing now. Um, and I think we owe it to our students and parents to do that. So we're going to give it a shot and see. Uh, but again, we need feedback from parents. We need uh, your concerns so that uh, the board can make an informed decision. And I can bring informed, uh, accurate information to them to make that decision. So hopefully we'll get all of that gathered. Uh, the board meeting is Monday night at 6 30 and we'll stream that live i guess yeah, again we'll on facebook on, again on facebook so uh that way i know there's there's several people interested in in what's coming next on both sides of the coin and we realize that so in order not to flood the uh the library with too many people um we'll just uh, try to stream that live and then we'll also have the feedback turned on so that we can elicit feedback well, yeah we'll kind of keep an eye uh, uh best we can anyway um, on the live stream the other thing too is uh, don't forget you can also submit if you have any comments uh, for board meetings to comments at massac.org it's an email address that we set aside specifically for that reason so if there's any questions comments concerns please again use that's comments um, at massac.org and i think um, also i would like to just uh if you're a parent out there that's very concerned, I know midterm grades just uh, went out, and uh, they were probably alarming. A lot of them are low. Um, like we said, the, the current setup is not working for a significant portion of our students. We realize that. We're working on that. I would take all of that with a grain of salt. It's not that I would just blow them off and say, okay, well, that's just midterms. It doesn't matter. I mean, I would still um, talk to your teachers, talk to your student, talk to your principals, do the normal things that you would do. But at the end of the day, I think we all have to, in the back of our minds, remember that this is not regular school. This is not a normal school time. I've been trying to remind our teachers of that as well. Uh, at midterms, our teachers had seen the in-person students a total of 10 times, 10 different days. Uh, normally, that would have been more like 30 right so this is it's not it's a we've seen our kids a third of the time and some of them not at all and despite what you think about remote learning um, everyone has their own opinion I believe that our students need to be in front of our teachers I believe the teacher is a critical component and even if you try to do that through remote learning it's not as good 
that's my personal belief. I believe we need to get our kids back in front of our, our teachers. And even though it may not look like that, that's what we're trying to get to. We really are. So, And that's ultimately our plan. We just want to hopefully at some point in the not too distant future that we are back full time, but we have to take little steps along the way. And this is one of those steps. So uh, we do appreciate um, any feedback um, that we uh, can get uh, from this because this is, again, this is just a, a draft plan. Uh, things can change. Um, things could certainly um, uh, progress quicker, and we, we may be able to, to move into the, the transition phase two a lot sooner than we think. But so far, six weeks in, we think we're at a good point now where we can talk about this and uh, hopefully move forward. Well, and I think you know some people are, are probably – of the opinion that it's it's past that time, but I think you have to keep in mind that uh, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of folks that are on both sides of the coin here. So we we're hearing from a lot of parents right now saying that we want our kids back in school, and I and I get that. I, I agree with you. We want your kids back in school, but we're also hearing from parents that aren't ready for that, and there's still a certain amount of fear out there uh, surrounding COVID-19. Uh, and and to be honest with you, uh, it nobody knows really i mean it's just it affects everybody differently and so that it there is a big unknown there so i think we all have to keep in mind that uh, we're trying to find that middle ground so that we're not uh, pushing any anyone just completely aside and saying we're not going to deal with your concerns uh, so we've been maybe overly cautious uh, but we're really trying to make a decision that's uh, the safest decision for all parties not just uh, um the majority of us but and we're working there and truth be told we also still have to abide by the state guidelines as well so we can't we can't jump out of outside those those boundaries that we have set so to speak so we do have um you know certain you know rules we have to play by mm -hmm. and then we can kind of develop our own plan based on those so there's there's reasons why we just can't you know fully open and have at it because yeah. and there are some districts that have thrown caution to the wind to do that but there are a couple of them now that are completely shut down and that's the other thing too. We the one of the reasons we we did follow the recommendations uh, that we did follow. Uh, some of them were recommendations and not requirements, like the social distancing. But it enabled us not to shut down. And we have had positive cases in schools to where we probably would have had to shut down if we were doing something otherwise. So I don't know. It's six in one, half a dozen in the other. I mean, what's what's better? You know, that's one of the things we talked about today in our admin meeting. Is it better to continue on like this when we know it's not working for some of our kids? But we know we probably won't have to shut down like this ever because just the way it's going to fall. Or is it better to push the envelope a little bit and try to make something that will work better for students, for more of our students, and then deal with the fact that we might have to shut a classroom down or we might have to shut a school down. Maybe that's the best way to go at this point. So we're really trying to weigh that, you know, the, that balance of uh, student safety and health versus student education. So that's... That's what we wanted to talk about today um, was just, again, that draft plan and then the survey that we will send out along with this plan. Um, did we have anything else we wanted to discuss today? You know, I think if we could end on a positive, I know uh, there's not a lot of positives out there right now, uh, especially the midterms just came out. <laughs> so, uh, But one positive, I think uh, we don't uh, we don't have a lot to brag on this year because our, our athletics and, and events are not happening. But the IHSA did let boys and girls golf compete and cross country, and uh, we're proud of all of those student athletes, and they're all doing very well. 
And I know um, the conference match for the girls' golf uh, just happened two days ago, I think it was. And our Lady Patriots uh, won the conference again uh, for I can't remember how many years in a row. It's a lot. And they won by 61 strokes, I believe. Um, So, again, even during COVID, um, the Lady Patriots are dominating girls' golf. I think that's a... That's a positive, and, and you know, if more of our student-athletes were able to compete, I'm sure there'd be more of that. And I haven't um, – I need to catch up with uh, Miss Coach Atkins to see about the boys. I, don't, I haven't heard. But, uh, so I haven't – I'm not ignoring the boys' golf. I just haven't caught up on uh, where they're at as far as their, their records and everything. But we're all proud of uh, the student-athletes that are able to compete um, in the limited seasons that they have allowed us to do. So – great positive note to end on again we'll uh make sure that uh, all this information is out there uh, for you to look at and um again we appreciate your feedback we appreciate you listening and uh, have a great day